Welcome to Stories from 400 Feet, the podcast that gives you the inside story on what is happening in the drone industry, from the everyday to the not-so-everyday events that define this industry and push it forward. If a drone flies, we'll be there. Hi, I'm Danielle Gagne, Chief Storyteller, and today I am joined by Nigel Waterhouse, who's a delegate for Transport Canada. How's it going today? Going well, thank you. It's great to have you on the podcast. Before we started recording, you're telling me a little bit about what you do and how that pertains to drones. And I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about, you know, as these drones get bigger and they start to join the national airspace, what goes into that and what are some of the challenges that they're going to face? Well, drones are becoming more aircraft-like than ever before in terms of sophistication and size. And so what's happening is that they will soon have to be certified in the same manner as an aircraft as we know it, such as Boeing, Airbus. And these drones will require type certificates and they'll have to comply with all of the the federal airworthiness regulations of Canada, United States, and uh, Europe. And in looking at some of those regulations, flying autonomously without a, a crew in that aircraft How does that present challenges for meeting some of those type certification standards? The autonomous nature of flight beyond line of sight is a big challenge because currently there is no certified aircraft flying around without pilots actually sitting in the cockpit. And so the aircraft is always under direct control. And so with drones, which could be the size of airplanes flying remotely without a pilot and nobody actually having eye contact is a challenge in the respect of reliability. And so the, the big challenge with certifying aircraft is management of risk. And once an aircraft is beyond sight and you have real, no direct control anymore, the risk goes up. And so the level of certification against things failing becomes very high and the probability of failure that you're allowed is very, very small. It is. And that's been a big reason why it's been taking a long time to see anything certified in this aircraft class. Do you see fully autonomous aircraft as different from something that is remotely piloted? And when I say remotely piloted, I mean having that certified pilot continue to monitor and take control of the aircraft as necessary, but doing that from the ground rather than flying inside the airplane. So if I understand you, you're comparing the aircraft, which is completely autonomous, which flies like with a a pre-programmed flight plan, as it were, where it would take off, fly to a destination, land without the intervention of, of anyone as opposed to a remotely controlled aircraft, which still is autonomous in the fact that there's nobody sitting in it, but it's still controlled remotely by a person. I guess the challenge really is how you deal with adversity and failure. That's the big difference. When you have a person in control, you have the intelligence and the experience and the intuition to see the bigger picture of what's happening, whereas if you have a completely autonomous vehicle, it's, it's limited to programming, as it were. The challenge there, I guess, of, is how the, the software interprets the situation and comes up with 
contingencies to mitigate whatever is going to happen. I think really the, the biggest challenge with completely autonomous aircraft, if they're going to be operating in controlled airspace, is the issue of actually integrating autonomous aircraft with piloted aircraft and making sure that the two don't interfere with each other. And there are methods by which that can be done that are actually being used currently today in, in piloted aircraft. We have things like TCAS, which is a tactical collision avoidance systems where the aircraft has communication with other aircraft autonomously. And if there's potential risks of, of collision, then these aircraft send signals to each other that tell them what to do to move out the way. So that could be integrated again with with completely autonomous vehicles. But again, the difference is we still have a pilot who can override all that if something goes wrong, whereas with the, the drone, you don't. So it's all about designing for failure and making sure that failure can occur safely. This is the, the biggest issue that I see. Yeah, and even when you do have a pilot or you have somebody overseeing that flight who can take over the controls, if they're on the ground and they're not in the aircraft, you still need to be able to prove that you can maintain control and that's something that can take over if there's a connection loss, right? Yeah, and again, this is the, the difference between having a body in the plane. When you're flying remotely, you have somewhat of a tunnel vision view of what's happening. You're not in the aircraft. You can't use your senses to determine what's happening and, and respond accordingly. You're limited to a, a data feed and a very narrow vision of video image. So it becomes very difficult to actually get a, the proper picture of maybe what failure is occurring. So you're going to rely on the software of the actual aircraft built in to kind of shut itself down in a safe way that is going to prevent damage to, well, people on the ground. We have to protect the innocent, as it were, you know, people and property. And that's where the certification burden is really the priority is, is protecting the people on the ground and the things on the ground. And that's really interesting in the cockpit. You have all of your senses there. Yeah. You have your smell, you have a feel for your aircraft. You know what it's supposed to sound like, feel yeah. like, and that kind of knowledge, it's hard to translate that to a computer. Considering all those kind of intangibles, do you foresee a path where we can actually start seeing remotely piloted aircraft getting certified? Or is that still a real struggle with the way that we understand flying today? I think it's possible in the long term, but in the near future, I don't see it happening anytime soon for a couple of reasons. A, pilots are going to protest profusely about having aircraft without them. Mm -hmm. Because if you ask a pilot whether it's possible to have an aircraft completely autonomous and be safe, they're going to say there's no way. I think public opinion is going to have a problem too. I don't think people are going to be happy flying in planes that don't have pilots. There's going to be a, a big insecurity there. Even with pilots, people don't like flying. So, yeah. Public acceptance issue can be a whole other scenario. Yeah, there would have to be, the challenge is not only with the design of the airplane, but also with the infrastructure. There would have to be a whole new infrastructure yeah. in the air traffic control regime to actually facilitate the, the flight of these kinds of aircraft. They would have to be given their own airspace, probably away from other aircraft for, again, for in case something goes wrong. You know, if you can't control this thing and it's up at 20,000 feet, there's a lot of places that can go and, and cause damage. So 
other aircraft on people on the ground. This is always the, the thing. It's always the risk of what are you going to hit? And when we talk about traffic management, that's exactly the problem we're trying to figure out. How does this even fit in? For my side of things, I find that remotely piloted aircraft to be a lot more feasible than something that's completely autonomous. Yeah, because again, you still have that one person, even if an all else fails, they can hit the kill switch and make sure that thing drops somewhere safe, you know? Yeah. Whereas you're totally relying on a machine without any interaction. And even if we put the public safety concerns aside, there's also the public perception and acceptance of being in an autonomously piloted or even remotely piloted passenger aircraft. I don't imagine, uh, good afternoon, this is your captain speaking. I'm sitting in my home office and, uh, you know, <laughs> hope you enjoy your trip, but I won't actually know what it's going to be like because I'm not going to be with you. I can see it maybe if there's no other person on board. The only thing you, you have to lose is some cargo. Your, your Amazon delivery? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Even that, I mean, you imagine when that becomes mainstream, though, you have all these drones zipping around the world, you know, there, there has to be control for that. Yeah. I mean, our current air traffic system is already pretty congested as it is. Yeah. So it, it does require a separate system in order to coordinate that kind of awareness in the sky. Yeah. There's still a lot of issues, and it's really great to to talk to you about it, to get your perspective on this as someone who's viewing us from the outside and, and having to make those choices and, and critically engage with us. I really appreciate your time today. Nice no, pleasure. Thank you.